All right, let's face it. Healing diets can be spendy. Cutting out affordable belly filling foods like wheat flour can really wreak havoc on our grocery budgets. Then you've got the added cost of buying things like organic produce, pasture raised meat, wild caught seafood, maybe even expensive pantry items. The struggle is real. According to a 2022 survey, 64% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And the scariest thing about that is just a year ago, that statistic was 52%. Inflation in the U.S. is at a 40-year high. Food cost is becoming a big problem. And while I don't know how to fix it, I have learned a few tricks over the years to help tame the cost of organic, nutrient-dense whole foods. Regardless of your income bracket, now seems like the perfect time to explore this topic of how to eat well affordably. In this episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites, we're going to look at some real-world solutions to tame the cost of thyroid-healthy eating. I'll be sharing my top 10 tips to help you stretch your food dollars farther. Hello, Thyroid Drivers. Welcome back to another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites, a weekly podcast dedicated to helping you live well and eat well so you can feel well. I'm Ginny Mahar, your host and the face behind the apron at hypothyroidchef.com. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so happy to be here with you. My name is Ginny Mahar and I am hypothyroid chef. Now, one of the things that I really try to help people do is to apply real world solutions to the real world problems of how we eat thyroid healthy. There's a lot out there around what we're supposed to do, but how do we actually do it? And one of the biggest roadblocks that gets in people's way is food cost. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I hope that these solutions speak to you and help you regardless of what your unique circumstances are. I realize that there's so many people out there right now who are struggling just to put food on the table. For some of us, food costs isn't really an issue at all. And then there's all kinds of people in between on that spectrum. So I think wherever you fall on that spectrum, there are ideas here that are just helpful for anyone. So this is going to be a great high value, high impact episode. When you're just starting out with thyroid healthy eating, I think that's where it can be really overwhelming and looking at, you know, not just changing the way you eat, but like your whole approach to the kind of food that you're putting on the table can feel really overwhelming. So the information I'm going to share today will be helpful with that. And also for those of you who are just starting out, I do want to share a wonderful resource I've created. It's called the Thyroid Healthy Grocery Guide, and it features over 130 delicious foods to choose from that can help you with those grocery trips. It can help you with your thyroid healthy menu and meal planning. It can help you just start imagining what thyroid healthy meals might look like for you and even to look on there and find some foods that that fit within your budget, you know, that also happen to be thyroid healthy foods. Now, a thyroid healthy diet primarily consists of those real whole foods and cuts out processed foods. It also cuts out a lot of inflammatory foods like gluten, uh, refined sugar, dairy, things like that, refined oils. There can be a lot of emphasis at first on so many foods that we're not supposed to eat or are supposed to avoid that it's another one of those roadblocks that can just overwhelm us and prevent us from even starting 
uh, much less succeeding on this path. So that thyroid healthy grocery guide is a great place to start just to take that first step, start wrapping your head around what this looks like, and ultimately start thinking about what thyroid healthy eating can look like for you so that you can feel better, so that you can get your energy back, so that you can reduce some of those symptoms that medication leaves behind for so many of us, myself included. Thyroid healthy eating has been such a game changer for me and uh, I think was, is, and always will be really foundational to my healing journey, not just kind of turning my health around from feeling awful for four years to getting my life and energy back, but maintaining that health, maintaining that vitality, maintaining that energy, and um, also dealing with some of the, you know, the bumps in the road that come along, different life events, uh, you know, changes that happen as our bodies age and things like that. Food is so foundational. So while it isn't the only piece of the healing puzzle, it is an essential piece. And that thyroid healthy grocery guide is just a great resource for anyone, no matter where you are on the path. So you can find that, grab it, download it. It's an easy one-page download, totally not overwhelming at hypothyroidchef.com slash grocery. And I'll also put that link in the show notes for you. All right, let's dive in and talk about taming the cost of thyroid healthy eating. I've got 10 awesome tips for you today to help you stretch your food dollars farther. There's a lot of really great information to cover here, so let's just dive right in. Okay, tip number one, explore your local CSAs. Now, CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture, and a CSA subscription is typically like a weekly share of produce from a local farm. I've participated in a few of these, and they have all had a few things in common. They all provided a lot of organically grown, ultra fresh produce that was way better than anything I could buy at the grocery store because it came straight from the farm. They all had a designated pickup day and location that was located in or near my neighborhood. They were all amazingly affordable and they all helped us eat seasonally and eat more produce. You know, when you get that box, it's like, okay, we've got to use this stuff up now. So some of you might not have access to CSAs or might think that you don't, but you may be surprised that you do. Farms don't exactly have big advertising budgets. So these are often word of mouth affairs. You can ask around locally, or you can check out localharvest.org where you can search for a CSA in your area. It's a great resource. And I will also link to that in the show notes. Okay. Tip number two, focus on the dirty dozen. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? That we have to pay a premium for produce that was grown in a natural way without genetic modification and without the use of chemical pesticides or fertilizers or herbicides. In other words, we have to pay more for organic food. According to Scientific American, organic food really is best for thyroid healthy eating. Researchers have found links between common pesticides and an increased risk of thyroid disease, especially among women. Also, 60% of common pesticides and fertilizers have been shown to affect the thyroid gland's ability to even produce thyroid hormones. So that old adage is true that you either pay your farmer now or pay your doctor later. But when we've got most American families living paycheck to paycheck, it's not easy to shell out 50% more money for organic produce than for the conventionally grown counterparts. 
If eating 100% organic isn't possible, one of the best things you can do is focus on the Environmental Working Group's Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 lists. I'll put a link for that in the show notes as well, where you can print your own copy. All right, tip number three, purchase healthy whole foods versus healthy processed food. Processed healthy food is almost always going to be more costly than processed junk food. Think of those grain-free vegan cheese puffs that go for about five bucks a bag. Well, a big brand cheese puffs made with GMO corn and refined oils might be half the price, but neither option is really the best use of your food dollar. Instead, you could spend that $5 on something like a head of organic cauliflower and a sack of quinoa from the bulk section of your favorite wholesale warehouse. Cook them up, add your favorite seasonings, and you've got a big batch of protein, fiber, and nutrient-packed pilaf that you can enjoy for several meals. Better, cheaper, and more nourishing than a bag of cheese puffs any day. All right, tip number four, make friends with your freezer. Because we do rely more heavily on fresh food as thyroid drivers versus dry goods and pantry items, an extra freezer serves as a go-to convenience pantry. So not only can you freeze portions of those big batch recipes you've made for instant thyroid healthy meals, but you can also stock up when things are on sale and then store that food in the freezer. As a money-saving investment, it might be worthwhile to consider getting a chest freezer or an extra fridge and freezer if you have the space and can find a cheap used one. This will quickly pay for itself. The freezer can also be used to save money on seasonal plant foods, which can be harvested at their peak when they're most nutrient-dense and affordable, and then frozen. Which brings me to my next tip, buy food that's in season. Buying food that's in season is not only more nutrient dense, it's also cheaper. So think about like the asparagus spears of January. Those had to be flown in from South America or the imported organic strawberries that you see in the store in February that have jaw dropping prices. Eating in season can be much easier on your wallet and it also provides your body with the nutrients it needs right when it needs them, like starchy, warming winter squash in colder months, or those juicy antioxidant-rich berries in high summer, or cleansing greens in the springtime. So in so many ways, seasonal eating just makes sense. Not only is it going to help you save money on those seasonal nutrients, it provides another opportunity to save by putting up food for winter during peak harvest time. Berries, greens, green beans, peas, fresh herbs, all examples of produce that can be bought more affordably in season and then frozen. All right, tip number six, purchase directly from farmers and ranchers. For high quality meat, consider buying a whole animal or half animal directly from local farms or ranches. Now, like CSAs, this might require a little bit of word of mouth research, but You may be able to connect with somebody who has a hobby farm or a small ranch and is all too happy to find buyers for their animal protein. We've done this a few times and have gotten some of the best pasture-raised beef, bison, and lamb for way less than retail. Going in on a side or a quarter of an animal with friends or neighbors is really one of the best ways, I think, to get high-quality meat at the best price per pound. 
anywhere you can cut out the middleman is going to save you money. Now, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, that extra freezer will enable you to stock up on and store that high quality meat. Also, if you hunt or have friends who hunt, that extra freezer could also mean having a place to store free venison or other wild game meats that come your way. Tip number seven, focus on affordable staples. If you are one of the 64% of Americans who is living paycheck to paycheck, there are ways to incorporate healthy whole foods without breaking the bank. Flexibility helps here, perfectionism, not so much. As always, which foods work for you is really gonna depend on you and your unique needs, but there are a few best buys and swaps that are gluten-free, dairy-free, and also nutrient-dense. So consider these budget-friendly staples. Starchy veggies. These can be affordable, filling, and have a long shelf life. Favorites include yams, carrots, beets, frozen peas, winter squashes, and if you tolerate nightshades, white potatoes. Some of the most affordable non-starchy veggie options that are okay to buy non-organic, according to EWG's Clean 15 list, are onions, cabbage, broccoli, and cauliflower. Other affordable non-starchy fresh veggie options include zucchini, cucumbers, lettuce, and hearty greens like kale or collards. Also, frozen veggies are just as nutritious as fresh sometimes more so because they're harvested at their nutritional peak. They also last a long time, they can be purchased in bulk size, and they're often cheaper than their fresh counterparts. So some favorite frozen veggie options include peas, carrots, cauliflower or cauliflower rice, green beans, spinach, and kale. Consider canned bone-in salmon or sardines versus fresh fish. Both canned salmon and sardines are really excellent options that provide lots of protein, healthy fats, and essential minerals. Also, nuts, seeds, and nut butters are a great source of healthy fats, protein, and key nutrients, and can often be found in bulk sizes at wholesale retailers. Also, you might not like this one, but consider organ meats. When it comes to getting the most nutritional bang for your buck, there really are few, if any, foods that compare to liver and other organ meats. Ground meat and poultry is easy to use, it's versatile, it freezes well, and it often comes at a much lower price per pound than individual cuts. If you can tolerate them, consider dried beans and lentils, also known as legumes, which are an excellent and affordable source of protein, fiber, and other nutrients. The one exception here for thyroid thrivers are soybeans, which a lot of experts do recommend avoiding for optimal thyroid function. Also, if you can tolerate them, gluten-free grains can be a really filling and affordable staple. Some favorites include rice, quinoa, and gluten-free oats. Also, you can combine gluten-free grains and legumes to create a complete protein like those that more expensive animal proteins provide. So when beans or lentils are combined with rice, for example, all of the nine essential amino acids are present, making it a lot easier for your body to utilize that and turn it into protein. And also, I just want to note that many, if not all of these staples are covered by both WIC and SNAP programs. Tip number eight, take an honest look at your budget. 
While money is a very real roadblock for some of us, it's also one of our favorite excuses as humans, right along with time. I can't afford that and I don't have time for that are phrases that really effectively let you off the hook from finding solutions that work. If you're driving through Starbucks every morning, just as an example, and at the same time saying that you can't afford to prepare yourself a healthy whole foods meal at night, that's worth taking a second look at. Now, if you do catch yourself getting hung up on one of these limiting beliefs, congratulations, you are human. Don't waste your precious energy condemning yourself. We all face these limiting beliefs sometimes, but I do think it's important to do yourself the favor of having an honest look at your budget. Is cooking and eating healthy whole food really not possible or is it just not a priority? Are there maybe some small tweaks you could make to align your spending habits with your desire for optimal health? You might be surprised at the answers you find. Tip number nine, shop in bulk. Places like Costco, Sam's Club, or even restaurant supply stores can be a treasure trove of wholesale food savings. The tricky thing is that you don't always know what these stores are going to have in stock. I occasionally shop at Costco and I find that they pretty consistently have a lot of organic produce, organic animal protein, and organic pantry products. I occasionally use Costco to stock up on organic meats for the freezer, like packs of organic ground bison, chicken breasts, chicken thighs, or organic ground turkey. There is one pitfall with buying in bulk, though, food waste. Be careful buying perishables in bulk from places like this. If you don't have a plan to use them up, they can really easily end up in the trash. I've definitely learned that one the hard way a time or two. This brings me to my final tip, tip number 10, practice zero waste cooking. According to the UN, 1.3 billion tons of food is wasted globally each year. In America, 30 to 40% of our annual food supply is thrown away, if you can believe that. This has a huge environmental impact and societal price tag, and of course, a monetary price tag. Those wasted food dollars could go towards buying higher quality food. Now, when we make the shift from buying cheap processed food to high-quality, nutrient-dense, organic food, one of the benefits is that we kind of start to value our food more. And part of this means throwing as little of it away as possible. There's a ton of ways to practice zero-waste cooking, but the basic idea is that we adopt habits around shopping and cooking that help us minimize waste. Putting just a little extra attention and intention towards reducing food waste can make a really big difference in your food budget. So here are a few practical ways to reduce food waste. Make a weekly meal plan. When you know what's on the menu and you plan your grocery trips around that, you can reduce perishable food waste and mealtime stress. You're also not buying things you don't need. Also, store leftovers in clear containers where you can see what's inside and more easily remember to use it up. Ideally, use glass to avoid the toxin exposure from plastics. Also, just learn a few basic cooking skills so that you have the confidence to take those bits and bobs in the fridge and then throw together a clean out the fridge salad or gluten-free pasta dish or a skillet hash or stir fry. Also, space out your shopping trips an extra day or even two to give yourself that chance to use up those perishable items before you buy more. 
And one of my favorite tips, freeze your bones and veggie scraps for bone broth. Not only is broth one of the most healing, comforting foods there is, it's a mainstay in any zero waste kitchen. Think about things like carrot peels, onion skins, celery leaves, mushroom stems, leek tops, and of course, bones. Keep a bag or container in the freezer and just stash those things in there. And when it's full, then it either goes into your freezer for later or into the stock pot. So how do I apply these principles in real life? Now, I admit that as a family, we eat very well. First, my husband and I, we both love to cook and eat. And now our son's also showing some glimmers of being a junior foodie. Our love of and enjoyment of food and cooking definitely fuels our food spending. And please just keep in mind that I'm hypothyroid chef. This is my livelihood and it's my life. It's something I put a lot of thought and energy into. So I'm not here to set the standard or suggest that you put the same amount of energy towards it that I do. This is just a snapshot of our one little family and kind of how we approach the modern day beast of eating well in spite of rising food prices. Take from it only positive vibes and inspiration and spare yourself the burden of comparison. Much of what we're able to put on the table is reflective of where we live. So here in Western Montana, in spite of a pretty short growing season, we do have an abundance of local farmers and ranchers who are really passionate about producing good food. As a family, food is a really high priority for us. When it comes to our budget, we know and believe in the power of food and in the dollars we spend on it. We really value supporting local farmers and ranchers, and we value supporting organic growing practices that are better for both our bodies and the planet. We're lucky to be able to make those choices. And while we might spend more on food than some of our peers, we also spend less on other things. We pull our own weeds, we mow our own grass, we scrub our own toilets, we mop our own floors. Thanks to my Mr. Fix-It husband, we also do a lot of our own home improvement projects. My beloved car, Lucille, is going to turn 12 this year. And some of my pieces of clothing have been with me way longer than that even. But food, now that's really where we choose to spend our dollars. And having that choice is a privilege that I do acknowledge. It's also something that doesn't happen without conversation and commitment and effort. So what does that look like in the real world? I keep an eye on prices and I stock up on pantry items when they're on sale. I focus a lot on organic produce instead of organic processed foods. Um, I grow a small vegetable garden and I try to utilize all that comes out of it, really like storing those surpluses for the winter in our chest freezer. I like to connect with and buy directly from local farmers and ranchers, and we really enjoy that. And we enjoy getting <clears throat> to know the people who grow our food, and we like supporting our local food system. And that approach, I think, has also supplied us with a lot of amazing food at a much lower cost than the retail prices at our local health food store. I used to enjoy the farmer's market as a source of affordable organic produce, but it's gotten too expensive and crowded for me in the last 10 years, at least here where I live. Now, and instead, for five months a year, we get a big box of organic produce for $18 a week from a local farm. 
This is one of those CSA subscriptions we covered back in tip number one. In the fall, we stock up from the same farm. In October, they offer 100 pounds of produce for $100, and it is a literal trunkful of organic food. We get bushels of storage potatoes, cabbage, winter squash, beets, onions, all kinds of stuff. And we do have to get creative with ways to store it and ways to use it, but it lasts us pretty much through the winter. Now, I'm definitely not perfect, but I also do my best to avoid food waste like the plague that it is. Those glass containers are really key. Otherwise, I can't remember what bits and bobs there are to make a meal out of. Some of those clean out the fridge dinners are really like my favorite recipes. And as you already know, I rely heavily on our freezer which enables me to purchase and store food when it's available at the best price, which often means seasonally. As a family, one of our favorite things to do on the weekends is we'll head to the mountains and we'll go morel mushroom picking in the spring or huckleberry picking in the late summer. And sometimes we come home empty handed, but depending on the year, we sometimes come home with a pretty big haul, which then you guessed it, gets stashed away like treasure in our chest freezer. One year we filled that freezer with a side of local beef, which we went in on with another family. Another year we purchased a quarter of a bison from a ranch 10 miles from our house. One year my husband went out hunting and came home with 200 pounds of elk meat that took us the next two years to eat. So while we may eat like kings and queens, there's really nothing glamorous about how we make that happen. I swear that behind every fabulous meal we put on the table is a pile of dishes, a bunch of food scraps, and in many cases, just garden variety, dirt, and elbow grease. Long before I became a thyroid driver, I just decided and knew that food was important to me. My health is worth the investment. My family's health is worth the investment. The environment that sustains our very existence is worth the investment to me. Other areas of spending in my mind could be sacrificed or at least like cut back on, but not this, not food. Food is our insurance policy on our health and on our well-being. And you really can't put a price on that. So I, I do realize how lucky I am to even have those choices. And I also realize we live in a time when too many American families can't put food on the table and heat the house. I realize that food served in our schools is an ideal or that there's food deserts and widening economic disparities and, and our assistance programs really have a lot of room for improvement. I mean, these are huge systemic problems and I'm not going to pretend I know how to fix them. This is just one snapshot of how I walk my talk within my own unique circumstances. So to wrap it up, summarize and review, I hope that these ideas have helped you think twice about organic, whole, thyroid healthy food being outside your grasp in your budget with just a few small steps taken towards this very worthwhile goal you might find it's more accessible than you think. So don't let those limiting beliefs stand in your way. But if something we covered today truly isn't a possibility for you at this time, let it go. Do your best within the circumstances you have to work with. And especially in this area, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. 
All right. I hope that's been helpful. Thank you so much for watching the show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to like, subscribe, or leave a review. Once again, if you'd like to learn more about thyroid healthy eating, don't forget to download my thyroid healthy grocery guide featuring over 130 delicious foods to choose from. You can grab that at hypothyroidchef.com slash grocery. And I'll also put the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for watching and I'll see you next time.